How did we end up with six kids living in the country with one income? Well, it's a long story, but I've told a story about how I met my husband in another podcast. So if you want to listen to that one, um, you can find it in the episodes. But this one is going to talk about the kids. So before we got married, um, both of us wanted big families. My husband had um, two brothers and three sisters, and I had two brothers and two sisters, plus one more who passed away before me. So both of us had, you know, big families and our moms mostly stayed home while his mom stayed home with him his whole life. My mom started working when her youngest daughter, my little sister, was in preschool. But she never put her job before us. Somehow, my mom, the most amazing person, I've talked about her before, somehow she was able to work and take care of us. And since, you know, we were in school, we were not homeschooled. So she made it work. Like she, she never, she never, um, you know, hesitated to do whatever she had to do to make sure we were, you know, taken care of. So I just want to, you know, give a lot of credit to my parents and his parents because they set such a good example to us that it made us, you know, want to follow in their footsteps. They showed us that, you know, having a mom in the house, like being home with the kids or being there when they got home from school was a good thing. And, you know, we just both had such good moms. Now, I, I am nowhere near the mother that my mother was or the mother that his mother was, but they definitely um, were inspiring. Uh, my husband's parents were a little older than mine. He was the sixth child, and I think his mom was 40 when he was born. So by the time they passed away, they were in their 90s. And my mom is 80 years old now. So she was a little bit, you know, younger. She actually started having children at a very young age. So she was still pretty young uh, when she started working and contributing to the family income. I think she was uh, like 35 or something like that. Well, I'm 56 now. And as I've talked about before, I don't work and I never have worked since I had kids. Before that, I did, but... I haven't worked. So this, this blog is going to be about that. <clears throat> so let's move on. I'm going to um, be as honest as I can because I, I want you, if you're thinking about staying home with your kids, I want you to know that you don't have to plan for every contingency. You don't have to have, you know, a huge amount of savings in the bank. You don't have to have all these, you know, ducks in a row. What you need is some ducks in a row would be nice, but you need faith. You really need faith in God. And that is going to be your best tool of living life on one income. And I, I kind of believe like one of my blogging friends said that this is a calling and not everyone has this calling to stay home and raise their family. 
Um, I used to think that every woman should be a stay-at-home mom, but I, I don't believe that now. I, I know some really awesome mothers who work and their kids are doing great and they have, you know, they have a different lifestyle than me, but I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. So don't think that I'm judging anyone's choices. And if, you know, if you feel like someone's pressuring you to be a stay-at-home mom, but really you enjoy your career and you're taking good care of your kids, then, you know, more power to you. I'm, I'm not going to judge that at all. God can work in many different ways and having faith doesn't always mean that you quit your job and stay home. Your faith might mean that you stay at your job because maybe that's what is God, God wants you there. Maybe he's using you in that way. So no judgment from me. Okay. Yeah. Maybe 20 years ago, you might've got judgment and I repent of that. Okay. So my husband was taught the value of hard work. And he was a Boy Scout. His dad was a Boy Scout leader. Um, I forget what you call it, Scout leader, master or something. He learned so many awesome skills. So if, if your husband is, you know, if you want your stay home life to be a little bit easier, it, it would be nice if you marry someone who has some handy skills because Honestly, without those, it's going to be a lot harder. So um, maybe if you're not married yet and you're listening to this, um, learn some skills <laughs> before you get married. Okay, I'm going to give you the list of the topics up front, and then um, maybe you can you know, skip ahead if you hear one that you're really interested in. Okay, these are habits and circumstances that kept us from falling off the roller coaster of one income life. Number one, we owned a house from the time we got married, so we never had to pay rent. We had a mortgage payment, but not rent. And that mortgage payment was pretty low. It was, you know, very doable. Number two, we learned how to stay on a budget after some mistakes were made with credit cards. We got better at that. Number three, we buy used items and accept hand-me-downs with joy. Number four, I cook our meals at home almost every day. Number five, we drive older vehicles that have no car payment. Number six, my husband is handy and resourceful and does all of our home repairs with a few exceptions. Number seven, we don't spend much on luxury items or trips. Number eight, we keep things and use them for a long time. We don't go out and buy a new one when we have something that works. Number nine, God has intervened and helped us in unexpected ways when times were very tight financially. And that one is very important to, to expect that God is going to help you, even when it's un you don't know how, it's good to just expect that something will work out. Uh, number 10, I did do some babysitting and other odd jobs throughout the years, but as I'm going to uh, reveal later, that money was always considered extra. Number 11, we give 
um, money to the church and charity. And I will explain in a little bit why that's important. So number one, let's talk about owning a house. I know that this one can be um, tough if you're a younger person and you're like, well, how am I supposed to buy a house? It's impossible. It's so expensive. Well, I don't have all the answers on that, but I know that this, this was our story. When, when I met my husband, he had recently uh, been healed in, from a one-year recovery of a serious motorcycle accident. And part of that accident, he received some insurance money. So we had a little bit of that left over and we used it to put a down payment on a house. And it wasn't a lot of money. And we, we spent it way too fast. We should have, you know, probably invested it or something, but we weren't really smart about money. So I encourage you, if you do have some money, don't think of that as money. Oh, I'll just spend that, you know, think of it as money. Well, I need to keep that money and make it grow. So we'll talk about that later. Okay. Our house wasn't fancy, but it was nice. It was, you know, a starter home. Um, if you're, if you know me in real life, it was in the kind of the Mission Bend area, West Oaks Mall area. And it was a patio home, which meant that uh, the yard was really small. It was like this long, skinny yard. And the backyard was mostly a concrete patio with a little bit of grass. We had enough grass to have a swing set. But we kind of liked it because we did spend a lot of time outside on the patio. Um, so in, in that, as far anything else I want to say about the house is that if you aren't married yet, or you don't have kids yet, and you're both working, the smartest thing you can do is save every extra penny you have. Don't, don't get into debt. Use all the money you can between the two of you, if you're both working to save for a house. And it doesn't need to be a, you know, a five bedroom, two story giant house. Even a small fixer upper is better than paying rent on an apartment. So if you, you know, if you have to live at home for a while, while you're working to save your down payment for your house, then do that. I mean, it is, it is the, the best way because you do usually need about 20% and houses are expensive. So that's a lot of money. You might need, you know, 40, 50, 60,000 dollars to buy a house unless um, unless you buy a real fixer upper. But you know, probably at the least you're going to need 20,000. So between the two of you both working and saving all the money you have, you can get that $20,000 and make that your goal. Okay, then when uh, when we um Number two, we learned how to stay on a budget. As the savings ran out, we made a mistake of using credit cards to fill in the gap between paychecks. I had developed this bad habit when I was in college and I carried it into the marriage. And I, you know, if I wanted something and we didn't have the cash, we didn't have the money in the bank account. Um, sometimes I would just go to the mall and, you know, spend a hundred bucks on clothes for me and the kids or whatever. And of course that was not a good idea. I uh, should have found an, a better way to do that. Uh, such as just, you know, I talk about later, 
just making do with what I have or whatever. Now, I do want to say that I think it's a good idea to have credit. And I, you know, if you're going to buy a house, that's one way you're going to have credit. And you're going to need some credit before you even go to buy the house. So do your studying, learn about how to use credit cards correctly. Um, the, the correct way is you get a credit card with a low interest rate, you buy something and then you pay it off like immediately. And every, you know, the more often you do that, you're building some credit that you can use when you need to get a loan for a house. If you have no credit cards, it's going to be harder. Um, but if you're already in a place you're maybe you're already married with kids and you've been living on two incomes and you want to go down to one, then I suggest using the balance transfer method. And that is where you, you use a balance transfer and you transfer the balance from one credit card, such as Visa onto another credit card. It can't be another Visa. So it would need to be a MasterCard or Discover or, um, uh, see what else is there? Well, it just has to be a different company. They won't let you transfer Chase to Chase or Visa to Visa. So get two different credit card companies. And then when they say, when they send you a check and say, oh, you know, balance transfer offer 0% interest for 15 months, then transfer any balance that you have. And, you know, you have to make sure that it's a good deal because you do have to pay a fee on that, but you can save a lot of money on interest in 15 months if it's, you know, it's a, if it's quite a bit of debt. So I've been doing that now for probably the past, I don't know, seven or eight years, maybe longer. I can't remember. And I am, you know, making a dent in our debt. I wish we didn't have the debt, but we do. And I'm excited because I only have, you know, a few more payments on this one card. And sometimes it's a good idea if, if you have a low interest rate to close that card and just keep making the payments. Um, okay. So another option, if you need to buy something and you just don't have the money, maybe you have to go to the dentist and you have like an emergency, you know, root canal or something is you can get a short-term credit card or credit plan and you will have to make payments on that, but you need to make sure that you pay it off before they start charging you interest and read the fine print because sometimes they will, if you are one day late, that all the interest that you didn't pay for that two-year period or whatever it was, will suddenly be added to the money that you owe. So you really didn't save any money at all. And you don't want to have to pay all that interest. So make your payments and, you know, or move it to a credit card with a lower interest rate. Because sometimes those medical credit plans can have pretty high interest rates. So if you can't pay off the complete balance, transfer it to a zero interest credit card. So use credit carefully. Okay, let's move on. Number three, uh, this one is pretty self-explanatory. We, we had a lot of used stuff 
like we would go to garage sales, consignment shops, Goodwill, other thrift stores, and we took hand-me-downs. People, you know, I had a lot of friends my age and relatives that had kids a little bit older than my kids, and they would give us toys, books, you know, sometimes shoes, all kinds of stuff. It was, it was awesome. So don't ever turn anything away if it's something that you can use. But don't fill up your house with stuff just to have stuff. You know, that's not a good idea either. Don't become like one of those people that, oh, yeah, just give me all your stuff. And then then you have a clutter situation going on. Okay, so I'm getting low on time here. Okay, so the next thing that we did is then probably one of the, besides the handyman thing, is the cooking. Eating out is too expensive. So don't eat out. We didn't eat out. When we first got married, we had little kids. Yes, we lived in the city, and I would go to McDonald's way too often. I wanted to get something to eat, and the kids wanted the toys. And, yes, I spent too much money on that. Of course, back then, it was like $2. Uh, I don't even know how much a Happy Meal is these days. It's probably like five bucks. So now then we moved to the country and it was too far to drive um, to get fast food. It still is. And, you know, the cooking that I was already doing just became even more cooking. So for a while I was cooking three meals a day for just years and years. Now we don't eat as much as we used to, um, not as many times a day, I've learned that my body, <laughs> now that I'm older, I can't eat that many times in a day. I, I will gain weight. So I don't cook as much. And my kids, my kids are not always home, so I don't need all that food. But when your kids are little, you need to know how to cook. So here's a few of the things that we ate for years and we still eat that are pretty cheap. We ate uh, pasta, tacos, pizza, salads, chicken, hamburgers, hot dogs, pork chops, meatloaf, casseroles, stir fry. And then if, you know, if someone was hungry and dinner wasn't available, we might have chicken nuggets, frozen pizza, cookies, granola bars, cereal. Um, we also ate a lot of eggs bacon, sausage, waffles, pancakes, um, you know, breakfast. We have had breakfast for dinner many nights. We never really had to just eat beans and rice. When we were, when things got that bad for us financially, um, we would usually do something to improve it, such as my husband worked a lot of side jobs. So I'll talk about that in a little bit. But we did eat plenty of cheap foods like top ramen, noodles, sandwiches, tuna fish, peanut butter, fish sticks, tater tots, lunch meat, instant potatoes, which I still like to eat, uh, frozen burritos. And we also bought the cheapest brand of a lot of the, those items. Now, not eating out at restaurants can make you feel a little deprived. So we did spend a little bit more on groceries than some people, such as we, we eat a lot of meat and we buy, you know, meat's expensive. And I recognize that, but that's 
that's kind of a, our luxury item is, you know, buying some hamburger meat. It's, you know, almost five bucks a pound right now, but that's what we like to eat. But maybe once a week or so we'll have burgers. And, um, but there were still times when money would get tight and I would have to cut back on the grocery expenses. And like I said, that would usually, usually lead to us making some financial changes. So I'm going to take a break right here and I'll be right back. Okay. So now we're going to talk about my husband is handsome and handy. I don't know if you've ever seen the red green show on PBS, but there was a, a funny show and the guy would say, if the women don't find you handsome, they should at least find you handy. And my husband is handy. Thank goodness for him. Things break and my husband fixes them. And he learned that from his dad. And so we are also trying to teach our kids how to fix things. Because if, if you can fix it, it's probably going to cost you, you know, pennies compared to what it will cost you to pay someone to do it. Even if you have to buy an expensive part, you're not going to have to buy the pay for the labor. So if you're still young and listening to this, you know, YouTube is so awesome. You can learn how to fix so many things on YouTube. So try, at least try, at least try to do it. I mean, I learned how to fix computers. My husband learned how to fix the air conditioner. Uh, not to mention all of our vehicles, he maintains them. But, you know, we do have a shop out there so he can he can do uh, car repairs. He changes the oil. He rotates the tires. He replaces all kinds of things. He's a mechanic. And because he is a mechanic, he has always worked um, at home as well as at his other job. So people have brought him cars and motorcycles and other things. And that was another way we supplemented our income. But it wasn't, it wasn't a regular job. But God was so amazing how he would bring us a, you know, a side job at just the right time. And I'm so thankful for all the people over the years that have been so generous, you know, and paid my husband, you know, not that he's not worth it, but some of them would, would pay him above whatever my husband asked him to pay him. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a good thing to have good friends. Okay. Number seven is we don't spend a lot on luxuries. Now this one is, is kind of a personal thing. You have to decide what you can live without. Like for me, I'm not a girly girl, so I don't care about getting my nails done I, I literally color my own hair. I, my husband trims it for me. You know, I cut my daughter's hair. I, I've never been to a spa. Yes, I had a massage once. And honestly, eh, wasn't that big of a deal. I, um, I don't buy coffee, you know, at Starbucks or I rarely go to lunch with a friend. I mean, that's, I could probably tell you like less than 10 times in my life. Have I gone to lunch with a friend because I'm home with my kids? Um, I don't have a lot of new clothes. And when I do get them, I'm pretty excited about them. But I, you know, that's my choice. That's those are that's places that I'm able to cut back and save money. 
because I wanted to be home with my kids and I wanted to homeschool them. And not to say that I didn't sometimes, you know, wish that I had something, you know, everyone does that. Okay. Um, and as far as my kids, they, they also did not have a lot of things that, that, you know, many kids have. Now I know that there are people that have even less money than we do. Okay. So I'm not saying we're the standard and, you know, we compared to some people, we might be rich, but, but my kids did not go to summer camp. They didn't have preschool. They didn't get private lessons for anything. They didn't get their portraits taken. They didn't get a new car when they turned 16 or 18 or go, went to college. They didn't have, you know, trips to Disneyland. Their bedrooms were very basic and, you know, they their birthday parties were very cheap if we even had them. They did not get a phone until they were old enough to pay for it. They had to pay. For, they have to pay for their own car insurance and gas. So my kids have to work and we think that that's good for them. We think that working is is, a, is God's plan for humans and his, you know, he, he blesses us through the process of work. Um, we learn so many things when we work. So me staying home, I, I feel like I'm working and I, I take it as a serious job. I'm not here to, you know, be laying around doing nothing. Okay. Um, also, I want to point out that even though we didn't buy a lot of those things, my kids were not deprived. We had toys, we had bicycles, we had books. We always had a swing set, a trampoline. And since my husband was a mechanic, is a mechanic, we had dirt bikes, go-karts, uh, mini bikes, all that kind of thing. And we had all the, the, the best toys. We had Legos, we had um, action figures and all that stuff. And yeah, I probably spent too much, too much money on toys when they were babies. Your baby does not need a bunch of electronic toys. So don't feel bad if you can't afford those. They don't need them. They would rather play with pots and pans or um, a box. So, you know, buy them a few books and read to them and they'll be fine. Um, also, and this one, you know, was not really a good thing, but we didn't have any health insurance for a long time. So that, you know, we couldn't afford it. And my husband was self-employed at one time and we just didn't have insurance. So that's how it was. Number eight, uh, we use things until they wear out. That's pretty uh, self-explanatory. And as far as God intervening in unexpected ways, I don't recommend counting on something terrible to happen so that you can get money from it. But um, that is what happened to us. Our house burned down and that changed our lives quite a bit. Um, I was pregnant with my daughter at that time. We had three boys and we woke up in the middle of the night smelling smoke. Turned out there was a fire in the attic. We got out, but I, I don't know. I really can't remember what happened, but they really could. The firemen came, but the house was a loss and we had good insurance, which is a, is a blessing because honestly, I really hadn't even looked into our insurance that much 
And I do recommend that you be, be um, diligent to make sure that you have good homeowner's insurance and smoke detectors because we easily could have died, all of us, if that uh, smoke detector had not woke us up that night because we were all asleep when the house was on fire. Um, so when we got the money for the from the insurance company, we rebuilt that house on the same slab and we lived there for a little bit, about a year and a half until we got the idea, which I think was from God, hey, why don't we sell this house and move to the country? And, you know, I really can't even remember like the thought process from that time period that was like, oh, let's move from this brand new house. But <laughs> that's what we did. And so we started looking online for houses with land and we found the one that we're at. I had never lived in a mobile home before. So I was like, not sure that I wanted that. But when we came and looked at it, I saw how huge it was. And it was really nice. The people who bought this house before us, the people we bought it from, they they got a really nice mobile home. I mean, it it's pretty fancy. Um, so we we loved it. And we thought that our family would be happy here. And we loved the, the area. It was just so hilly and trees everywhere. And I was so excited to get out here. And I still love it. I love living here. But like anything, there's good and bad about living in the country. Um, so anyway, that was, that was, uh, God provided for us. He, he moved us to the country and here we are now. Uh, 18 years later. Okay, number 10. Um, before the fire, I was attempting to help with our bills because things were getting pretty tight. So I was babysitting for some of the neighbor kids and then some of our friends' kids. Um, and this is going pretty well. The kids would play with my kids and, and it was fun. I, I really enjoyed um, having those kids because I had boys and some of the kids that I babysat were little girls. So it, it just was fun to have boys and girls and they would play. And, you know, I, I worked in childcare before I got married and I, and I still love kids. So it was a natural thing for me to do. Um, I also tried several network marketing companies, but I never made any money about, you know, selling stuff. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not a business person. That is just not my gift. Um, so I just want to say, if you're not, you know, bringing in an income, that's okay. Don't feel, I was going to say that if you're a stay home mom and you, you might have some guilt and think that, you know, oh, I should be making money, but I want you to know that what you are doing, staying home is real work. It's important. It has eternal value. Your children are, will be blessed by you, but you must, you know, don't, don't feel bad about it because the kids will pick up on that. So just don't let people get to you or your own, your own thoughts get to you. So the last one is we give back. God's word tells us that we can trust him with our money. He says that when we give, 
he will give back. And we have definitely found that to be true. I'm not saying we have always trusted him to give to the church when, you know, things were tight. And sometimes that can be a little scary. But every time we have been um, faithful and given money to the church, God proved that he was in control and he always made it our money stretch farther. So I just want to say that, you know, be sure to give to the church, make it a regular thing, put it in your budget and just do it and trust that God will handle it. Um, I don't think we did everything right. So before we go, I want to encourage you to, um, Realize that you're going to make mistakes along the way, and that's okay, because that's how we learn, right? And, you know, yes, plan ahead, learn how to budget, learn about credit, learn about saving, investing, but your faith in God is going to be what gets you through when all those things fail if they do. So put your faith in God, do the best you can. And live your life. So reflecting back over these years was really fun. And it took me a little while to um, look up some pictures and stuff to put on the blog. And then my husband and I were talking about those years. And, you know, it wasn't always easy. There were times when we were really worried and and we're like, what are we going to do? We need we need this thing and we don't have the money. But then after a while, I started to realize and remember how God had provided for us in a previous tight moment. And I started to, to remember and say, God, I know that you are going to make a way. And, and that became how I learned to trust God. I didn't start off like that. It's, it's a, it's a you know process of, of you trust God and then he shows you that you can trust God. But if you don't ever actually step out in faith, then you can't see God work. So I encourage you to, to step out in faith if, if you feel God calling you to be a stay-home mom or dad. And I hope this has been encouraging to you. It's a, it's a crazy world we live in, but family is so important. And even, you know, even if you just have one kid, you don't have to have six. I, I totally honor all different types of families, and so does God. And God may only give you one child. But if, if you know, you're feeling called to stay home with them for, you know, temporarily or for your their entire lives then do it and the lord will make a way and if what if your husband's not on board then pray about that don't hound him don't nag him don't get angry prayer is powerful and if god is calling you to stay home then Pray and say, God, I know this is what you want me to do, so you're going to have to work on my husband. And just wait and, and watch 
God's awesome power at work. So thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed my story. And in case you're wondering, my children are now ages 16 to 29. And I've been married for 30 years. And still, still trusting God. And it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a wild roller coaster, but it's been fun and I have no regrets. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and, and be a working mom and not have all these kids because I love my life and I hope that you will love your life too. So take care and we'll see you next time. Bye now. Wait, don't go yet. I've got a quick message I'd like to share with you. How are you doing? Are you feeling okay about your life, about the world? Do you have hope? Do you feel loved? Do you know God? God knows you. God made you. And he wants to be in fellowship with you. And the only way that you can have that close fellowship with God is to know Jesus, his son. Jesus came to the world and and died on the cross for our sins so that we could be reconciled to God. And if you can believe that, if you can believe that there's a God who made you and that he loves you, and that he made a way for you, for your sins to be forgiven so that you can be with him in heaven and in the kingdom, then, then, you're, then you will be forgiven and you will have a new life with the Holy Spirit living inside of you. So I just pray that you will accept Jesus today. Thanks for listening.